Amen, amen. Amen. We send special greetings on tonight. Amen. From ELR Prophetic Shift Podcast Network, where we're spreading the gospel throughout the nation. Amen. On tonight. Amen. We bring special greetings. Amen. Um, spreading the gospel. Amen. Through 19 radio platforms and four social media. So on tonight, we're going to turn. Amen. This service over to the woman of the hour. Amen. On tonight, the host and the spiritual innovator, the impartation on tonight, none other than our prophetess, Amen. Glenda Lane, on tonight. God bless you. Well, God bless you, saints, tonight, another Thursday night in glory. Amen. I'm excited, excited, excited about what God's getting ready to do tonight. Amen. Praise God. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the scripture. And then we'll tell you where we're going to go tonight. It is the book of Romans. The book of Romans. Amen. That's the book after Acts, uh, right before Acts, and then Romans. The book of Romans. And we're going to deal with um, the 10th chapter. Amen. Amen. That's Romans. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, thanks. I hope you had a great uh, week all week long. We're all in our right mind. Activity of our limbs. And we ought to give God glory that we are still in the land of the living. Amen. If you choose to, get yourself a piece of paper and a pencil so you can write notes. Um, you can keep down the references so we can go back again. Because um, we kind of want to make sure you understand what the Word of God is saying. Because there are a lot of people that do not, I repeat, do not understand the Word. Okay. They might read the Word. Um, but I, a lot of things I can read, but I do not have understanding of it. So I always ask you to get pencil and paper. Amen. And we have the Scripture. Um, and the book of Romans, and the 10th chapter, amen. And this, this title tonight will be called, What Must I Do to Be Saved? What Must I Do to Be Saved? Father, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you uh, for us giving another day, another hour. Another second in your glory. But thank you for keeping us all week long. Amen. For another Thursday night. And walking in a right mind. Father, we ask you now to hide me, uh, Glenda, behind the cross. That I can no longer be found in the spirit. That I can no longer even be detected by the enemy in the spirit. I thank you in advance, God. I bind the adversary to come against every if, every thought, every thing, every retaliatory demonic force that's trying to hinder me from bringing forth this word. Because I am not not my own, but I am uh, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you, advance. I praise you, God, that this word is this word that you have given me. 
under the unction of the Holy Ghost to do and say what God has called you to say. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Again, this starts, this is uh, the book of Romans. The, um, the book of Romans. Amen. The book of Romans. Amen. Was written by Paul the Apostle. Amen. Paul, Paul, Paul was a radical man. In the book of, before that, Acts, um, I think it's 10 or 7 or 9, uh, that was when um, he met Christ. He and Christ had a confrontation or meeting on the Damascus Road. And he cried out before God. And he saved it. And he sent him to a people that could have been, that was afraid of him because he wanted him to change his life, change his attitude, that he himself was God. In fact, God told Paul, he said, Paul, why dost thou kick against the prick? In other words, Paul, why are you fighting me so? Why are you hindering me so? Why are you two trying to block and stop the furtherance of the gospel of peace. At that time, Paul was not even Paul. Paul was Saul. Um, that's why I told the Pendies, uh in the New Testament, every time uh, your name was changed in, in the Bible, it only means that you are no longer the same, that you have now taken on a new God. So if you were a God that, that did all kinds of things and was evil, but once your name, he was Saul. He was disastrous. He was mean. He was vicious. He was controlling. He was a bad man. But when God came into his life on the Damascus Road, God gave him a new name. And now his name is no longer Saul, the vicious man, but Paul. And that means Paul, actually, I looked it up, the word Paul means little one, uh, diminutive, which means Paul probably statue. He was very small. And uh, the Bible lets also know that Paul was a very small man, um, a very small, um, uh, long, crooked uh, uh, nose. And he wasn't very attractive. Uh, maybe that was why maybe he was so mean. We don't know. But... Uh, the idea that when you come, when you come face to face with God, and you decide that you want to give your life to Him, God changes not only your name; He changes your character. He changes your spiritual DNA. He changes you from hating to loving. He changes you from uh, wanting to do what you want to do. Now you, you walk by His His words, His wisdom. His understanding, which means we are no longer the same. Paul, now, who was Saul, is become Paul, one of the most ferocious men of God. He was one man of God that he would come into towns and um, they would actually run him out of town because he was teaching things in such a radical fashion. And the problem was the Jews um, didn't like that. Amen. Because the Jews um, at that time did not recognize 
that Jesus was um, the Father, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They recognized Jesus as a teacher. Uh, one scripture, it calls him rabbi, okay, or rabbani, meaning um, teacher of the word. But they did not recognize that he was the Christ, that he was Jesus. He was the anointed one. He was the God. He was the man um, that had taken form in that body so that we could be raised from the dead. He could be raised from the dead so that we might have the right or the access into the kingdom of God. Amen. So that's why the, the Jews at this point, okay, were upset with Paul. Now, Paul was a teacher. Paul knew all the, all the rules. Paul knew all the, the nuances of the, of, of the word and how he could go about, uh, uh, persecuting Christians and killing Christians, um, like even Stephen. Stephen. Um, was persecuted. And Paul was there basically when Stephen was being killed. Okay. So I admire Paul because Paul, when he changed his life, he was never the same again. He wasn't cussing anymore. He wasn't fighting anymore. He wasn't killing folks anymore because he had a divine touch on the Damascus road, and his life was never same again. Amen. So that's why this scripture, this one tonight, is called, What Must I Do to Be Saved? We talk about salvation. Uh, salvation. Um, that we all need, have, we need salvation. But the Holy Spirit does not force himself. That time I remember um, people would tell us that uh, I didn't really understand it at first, but the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He loves us enough to make, to allow you as a human being to make your own decision to whether or not you want to accept salvation. You want to accept that your life can be different. You, can, you, will, you have the opportunity to accept his love for you. He doesn't beat his love on you. He doesn't chastise his love on you. He doesn't uh, manipulate his love on you. But because of the nature of Jesus Christ, he gives us all access if it is our desire within us to be saved and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So by the time we get to um, the book of Romans 10, amen, in the book of Romans 10, amen. All right. The book of Romans. All right, I've got two Bibles tonight. I'm going to read uh, uh, this one here is the Life Applications, 
And because I want to make sure we all understand this, the first one I'm going to go with here is Romans 10. Romans 10 and 1. This is um, King James Version. What must I do to be saved? This is our Bible. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for you, Israel, is that they might be saved. So that means he wants Israel. Okay? Israel represents what? The church. Okay? He wants the church to be saved. Remember, he's writing this letter. These books. Paul is writing letters to the church. And the Roman, um, the Roman Empire right now at this time was one of the largest um, spaces on the earth. Okay? It was a seaport of some kind. There was different kind of denominations. There was different kind of religions. Um, they, I mean, some were Christian, some were not. Some were atheists, some were demon forces. All these things were in the, the city of Rome. And there is a, still a prominent city of Rome today. But Paul now is, is talk, talking to them and saying, brethren, that means brothers and sisters, my heart, Paul says, my heart desire. Paul says, this is my desire and prayer, not just desire, but and prayer to God for Israel to be saved. So does that mean Israel was saved? This is still New Testament. This is New Testament now. This is not in the Old Testament. So we know Christ is coming here that they get yet. But at this point, here Paul is writing to them and saying to them, all I want you to do, brethren, is to be saved. Life Application Bible says, James verse 10 and 1, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God concerning them, the church, them, is for their, for their salvation. So he said, I want the church to be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. So I thought, I thought everybody in the church was saved. I, I thought everybody in the church is saved. But he said, but no. It says, but what will happen to the Jew, Jewish people, who believe in God, but not in Christ? Now, the difference between is, okay, the Jews and the Gentiles were that Jews, they confessed God but they did not confess Jesus Christ. I remember reading one book that has taught me that in the beginning, the Jews were the mortal combatants against Christ. 
Even though Christ was born a Jew, the people themselves that were Jewish did not accept that Jesus Christ was Lord of Lords and Kings of Kings, and they had a portion of his DNA in them. So that means, can I go to church and um, 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 uh, not know God? Of course. Can I go to church and um, do what I want to do? Yes, you can, because you walk it right into the building. But, but, but salvation is not a building. Um, uh, salvation is not a people. Salvation is not who preaches to you. Salvation is not who somebody talks to you and ministers to you. But salvation requires a relationship. That relationship means I relate to you. I understand you. I want to be like you. I want to mimic who the God is in you. So I relate to you. I'm drawn by you. I'm drawn by your attitude. I'm drawn by how you treat people. I'm drawn by how people love you. I am a, I want to have a relationship. Because suppose you're um, in a car and you have a car accident. And you're caught between death and life. And at that moment, Bible says, at a clicking of an eye, would you like a church membership? To get you in? Or do you want a relationship to get you in? So there's a difference. That's where the difference is between the Jews and the Gentiles. Okay? The Jews exact, realized that his name was Jesus Christ. But they did not recognize he was Jesus himself born through the womb of Mary walked on the earth 33 years, okay? So there is a basic difference between um, the Jews and the Gentiles, okay? Um, can you, we, you know, sometimes uh, we, go, we go through these scriptures about what must I do to be saved and how to make my, uh, my life change. But sometimes people don't have a concept of salvation. Salvation, short meaning saved from a, a re, uh, rescued out. In other words, I am rescued once I give my life to Christ as a human being. Okay. Come on. I am rescued from destruction. I am rescued from distraction. I'm rescued and not want, want go, want, I'm not going to hell at this point. I'm, I'm going to take on salvation. I'm going to um, give my life to Christ. I'm going to have a new life in Christ. And I want to have my, my spiritual body um, 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 walk in sanctification. That's another word we have to deal with one, uh, one day. Salvation. Salvation. I need, I need to be sanctified. I need to be cleansed. I need to be washed. I need to be Purge. I need to take on a new man in every aspect of my life. I can fix my outside, but I have to work on my insides. I can put on makeup and fix 
yourself up in order. You do all things, pretty things on the inside, but on the uh, uh, on the on the outside, but on the inside, you can still be nasty. You can still be mean. You can still be co- controlling. You can still be a whore. You can still do all kinds of things. What? Because the outside is not uh, on the same um, line as on the inside. And that was the nature of the Jews and the Gentiles. What must I do to be saved? When Paul uh, met Jesus on the Damascus road, here is Jesus. Hallelujah. It, 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 it's not, he knocks him down off of a horse. In other words, he knocked him off of your high horse because you were killing everybody. You were being mean to everybody. You were killing children, babies, everything in its path. But look at that. I want you to know I'm God. I'm going to knock you off your feet. I'm going to tell you I'm God. I'm not going to longer put up with this mess. I created the universe. I brought you. I brought you in this world. I remember my mom used to say something one time. She said, I brought you in this world. And she let me tell you what. And I, I'll take you up myself. Uh, it ain't about your height. She said, I'll take you out. She said, before I let the devil take you out, I'll take you out myself. Well, Paul uh, Paul had this attribute with God. God said, look here, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to knock you off your high horse. I'm going to make it so that even nobody around you, because when he was traveling, there were other people around him. But nobody else saw the God that Paul saw. Isn't that awesome, God? He can put, he can isolate us in the middle of the people. He can isolate us uh, in a million of people. You can be around a thousand people, but when the Holy Spirit steps in the room with you, you don't feel no, see nobody. You don't uh, feel nobody. You just know that you stepped in the presence of the Holy God. Amen. The Holy Spirit stepped in. In the spirit with Paul. And said, Oh, that is enough. Have you ever had, been to the point of your life, you say, Was it, uh, uh, what is enough is enough? I ain't taking this no more. I ain't going down like that no more. I ain't going to, I'm not going to up it no more. Well, this is what God says to Paul. But here, I'm going to take you off your horse. Nobody don't even know what's going on. Baby, but we just me and you now. It's me and you. I am God. Just get off your high horse, and I'm going to talk to you. My Amen. God, my God. Brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God are concerning them. It is to them that they might be saved. Jesus, I don't want to shake. Verse 2, application of and I can testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not according to the knowledge. A zeal. What's a zeal? A zeal is somebody who run around and holler and scream, Oh, you got to get saved. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You better do this and done than this. And uh-huh. But then when they get out of the, of the space right there, they go right there and go to the liquor store. They get, they get the liquor in one hand 
and they get they get the pipe for the other uh, 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 the marijuana in the other hand because they have the zeal. They want to feel like God. They want to feel empowered. They want to feel anointed. We we want to feel that we got God. But but when that comes when the Holy Ghost, when but when you do that, you just have a zeal. You're just acting like you got it. You're just pretending like you got it. But you say, how can you say what? Your, what used to be? Your words speak. You don't have to say nothing for your words. Your words. Your words. Your words. Your words. Your words. The words. Because even the word is so important. God spoke in his word. He said, for in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That was a word. That was a word to the universe. That was a word. To the stars in the sky. It was a word to the atmosphere, atmosphere. It was a word. He spoke it, a word of empowerment. He spoke a word, and things came into fruition because it was God. So, Hatosha, the same way when, when, when people do stuff out of a zeal, uh, that spirit in them is activated and is a spirit, but is not uh, the spirit, but is a spirit, but it's not the spirit. Of the Holy Ghost. So we have to be careful about having the zeal. Zeal is, I'm always confessing salvation. But I'm having, uh, but because I'm, I'm, I'm in a zeal, I, I, I confess it around the people I want to know that I'm saved, but when I'm not around the people that I'm not saved with, I could say, oh well, you know, I'm, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm just, I, 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 you know, it, it, we all got our faults. No, no. Talk, the Bible talks about sanctification, sanctification, and holiness. He constantly mm-hmm. talks about the word holy, holy, holy. In the book, he said, holy, holy, holy. Oh, God. He said, for the whole earth is full of your glory. God's glory is on the earth. God's glory is on the earth. That's what he says. And I he says, holy, 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 for the whole earth is full of his Christ's glory on the earth. Amen. So we can't be moved by zeal. We can't be be moved by um 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 Perpetration. I don't know whether the word perpetrate means you're doing something for fashion and form, but you're not, it's not the real thing. That's what zeal does to you. Okay. And so when you get in trouble or when you're in accident, have you ever been around drunks or people that are sick or whatever? Um, but only when they're sick, they start talking about Jesus. Uh, only when they're behind, locked up behind bars, they talk, talk about Jesus. Uh, anytime when they're going through tragedies, oh, uh, God bless him. You know, I know his whole soul is resting. But you know that man was full of demons. You know he wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. Because you're not, you're talking about a word of zealing, trying to, to act to perpetrate that you are doing what God's word told you to do. That's why the word talks about we must follow yes. him line or upon that's one on top of the other 
line upon line and precept upon precept. I can take a word out of context and put it for you where it is to, to make it look good to you. Because I'm going against the will of God. For example, one I one of the things that I like to talk about. For example, um, it, it tells us somewhere in the New Testament. I have the scripture right now. It was telling that he didn't want women um, to preach the gospel. Uh, that the women ought to be quiet when you go out in public. In other words, men, the women were when they would go out with their husbands, um, they had to be quiet and don't only talk to him. And so they took that same scripture and they turned it in a way that it looks like that women weren't supposed to preach the gospel. Okay. So that's why it's important to follow line upon line and precept upon precept. But there are a lot of people that follow their own scriptures and make things to work like he wants them to work. But here now Paul is being changed. Paul knows Christ for himself. Paul says, now I want you to know is that I testified to you um, about them that have the zeal. In other words, I'm telling you about them saints that are ain'ts. I'm telling you about them saints that are perpetrating. I'm talking about those people that you've got a zeal. You're excited about Jesus, but you ain't living for Jesus. There's a difference between living for Jesus and get excited about him. I can get excited and go home and remember what the, don't even remember what the message was about. I can get so excited. My, I can get so excited and so happy and so filled, but then I don't remember what the word has told me. So when I go home, I don't remember. And the first thing you say to him, well, hey, how are you doing? How was church? Oh, oh, girl, I had a good time in church. Yeah, the church was good. Yeah, it was what? It was marvelous. Oh, man. Oh, that he threw down in the gospel. Oh, I said, was that good? Yeah. Well, what was the word about? I don't know, but let me tell you what. I had a good time. Look, there's a zeal. And so Paul was telling them, I don't want you to have a zeal of God. And the part of us, I want you to know him and not a zeal of God. I don't you to I don't want you to perpetrate and act like you got what you don't have. Amen. 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 All right. Verse three. Rome. Four. They being ignorant. Oh, that word? No. Somebody, somebody ignorant? Uh, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. You mean, Paul saying they're ignorant? Yes. Ignorant. Oh, Paul said, yeah, you know you're ignorant. Yes. Paul saying these people are ignorant. Why? Because they walk around with a form and a fashion and a zeal and pretending of God, but they really, really don't know him. I can't believe Paul told those those folks, those church folks, 
some of those Jews that you're ignorant? Yes, he said that. And he said, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to the knowledge. My God, my God. Number three. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Righteous means righteousness means I am in right standing with God. I am following God. What God told me I do, I do. What God told me to do, I don't do. But if I do something I'm not supposed to do, I repent in a hurry. But I don't use an excuse for for sinning against God because that's being in the right standing with God, God's righteousness. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going, I says, on righteousness, having not um, submitting themselves unto the righteousness. So that means, so they have not been submitting themselves to God. So here the Jews were not submitting themselves to God. We got Paul talking to the church. Paul, so he's talking to the Jews and the Gentiles. He is talking to people who is supposed to God, to know God. Paul was not talking to somebody on the street. Paul, he was not talking to his cousins, his aunts and uncles and granddaddies. But Paul was now addressing the Jews and the Gentiles in Rome. That was a big building. Um, and this was a big city, uh, different uh, nationalities and different cultures. Um, Jesus himself was a Jew, but he was calling out to the Jews that you're supposed to know God's righteousness. Okay, and you are supposed to submit. Oh, the Jews are supposed to submit to God? Yeah, themselves unto the righteousness of God. See, that's the thing, right? When you when you read this, you gotta understand that the Jews and the Gentiles were supposed to be one people. When we give our lives to Christ. I am not my own. I am no longer Glenda. I walk, I'm supposed to walk in his righteousness. I am, I am a Greek. But now the Jews, who does not recognize Christ, they don't say, I want to walk in that righteousness. I, I, I'm not them, I'm not, I'm not a part of them. But he's saying, he's telling the, telling the Jews now, we're all one people. I want to acknowledge that this is our God. This is not a strange God, but this is our God. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about established their own righteousness, having not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. He's talking to the Jews now. We're supposed to be one, but I'm not, you know, we're not doing one thing. I'm still a Jew, and you're still a Gentile. But my God says we're all one now. We're all the same family, according to the word of God. 
All right. Verse 10 and 4. 10 and 4. For Christ is the end of the law, righteousness to everyone that believes. For Christ is the end of the law. Old Testament, when they did things wrong, they had to, they had to bathe in this and get a, kill a bird, kill a this, do that. Da, da, da. Those were the laws. Christ had not stepped on the scene. But now we have a new law. Okay. That's what he's saying. It says, for Christ is the end of that law for righteousness to everyone that believes. So if you believe now, you're no longer the you're no longer under the law of the prophet Mo, of Moses. But the new law says now you are under a new covenant with Christ. You are new the man that believes. Verse number five. This is Romans uh ten and five. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law. So he's saying Moses now, how he described it was the law. So if you did this, you had to go kill a bird, kill a cow, do this, do whatever, sprinkle this on the board, all kinds of stuff. That was the law. That's how you could repent. But that, that the man which does those things, shall live by them. Verse 6 says this, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. This is how by faith, when we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. This is the faith that we stand on and be able to come into the kingdom. So that's why they tell you repeated read after. No, no, no. No, no. He says, this is the faith. The faith is by faith that I am no longer the same. I am no longer the old man. But I now walk in a new image, a new creature, a new creation in Christ. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh. So he's saying now by faith. So taking faith is speaking on this wise, saying, not in thine heart. Like shall shall ascend unto heaven. That is bring Christ down from above. Amen. Amen. Number seven. Or who shall descend unto the deep? So now he's talking about faith and how how we actually supposed to be changed by the moving of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Or who? Who? You as a person? Who shall descend into the depths 
that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Jesus himself walked for 33 years, allowed himself to be put on the cross, and died for our sins. We human beings have a sin nature. You can have a little kid running around. He can be barely talking, but he understands enough. You say, little Johnny, did you do that? And the little kid will say, nope. You see, little someone says, did you so-and-so? The little baby say, no, or they'll run away. So we are all born with a sin nature, okay, because of Adam and Eve. We're born with a sin nature, and he allows us, because of his uncomparable love, he allows us to give our lives to Christ if it's our will so that we can be saved. We can be filled with the Holy Ghost. We can take on a new nature. We can take on a new attitude. We can take a new experience and no longer be the same. Why? Because we are now taking on a new chain. And he asked, who? Who shall descend into the deep? That is, to bring it up Christ again. Remember, Christ went down to the belly of Shoahel, took the keys of death. This is what he's referring to, references to. Okay. Yeah. Verse 8 says this, but what saith the word is not to thee, even thy mouth and in thy heart that is? The word of faith which we preach. Basically, it's talking about faith. That when we have that word, that we speak by faith, God is near us. He's with Mm us. The Bible says, by faith, the worlds were framed. By faith, the whole chapter in Hebrews uh, 11, I think it talks about faith. Faith is so important that if you did not believe by faith, you could not enter into the kingdom. So that faith is a powerful, strong word. Faith. When you go to church, have you ever gone to the church and sat down? And once you sat, you're right in front of the church, you automatically sit down. Your your, your hips sit right into the, the chair. And we never really look at the chair, but we know the chair is there. But that's the kind of faith that God has wants us to have in order to um, learn to step into the realm of the Spirit and say, Lord, I yield, I yield, I give my life, my very existence, not just my outward man, but I give you my inner man. I give you all I got because I want to be saved. Forgive me for my sins, and I want to accept you in my life by faith. That's the same faith. That's the same faith. I believe it's the same faith that God took uh, had in order to just get up, uh, allow them to get up, him to get up on the cross. 
Because God himself, one point he said, Father, what hast thou forsaken me? So the human part of him, when he was getting ready to die, he said, Father, my father, okay? He said, thou hast forsaken me. And at that point, he forsook him because God himself could no longer, he could not look at the sin that Jesus was re- getting ready to die for. I remember the other night I was listening to the apostle, and he was preaching it, and I never really thought of it that way. But God was always with him. He never turned his back on him. But until he got on that cross, and he said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Saying on the cross, God, Jesus is speaking to the Father and the Holy Spirit. He said, thou hast forsaken me. And the way, the reason he did it, because once he was on the cross, once that, that, that cross, cross was stood up, and then we heard this thing bump right into the ground, that point, the Holy Spirit and God himself turned away from Jesus. And he felt all, he felt the stench of death. He felt the stench of being unempowered. He felt the the uh, the, uh, the unholiness. He, he knew the outside of him was battered and beaten, and his face mm-hmm. was was his, his flesh was smashed. He knew all these things. He realized that somebody got a hold to the cross to help him get his, to carry his cross uh, so he could reach the crown. But at this point, the Holy Spirit said he turned away because he was God, and God could not. See and have access to sin. And Jesus said, Father, thou hast for why? That's the word he said. He said, why hast thou forsaken me? He said, forsaken the church, forsaken Mama and them, forsaken Mary, uh, forsaken John, Peter, Paul. He didn't say it. He says, the Father why? 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 Like us today, human beings, because when we go through tragedy after tragedy, when we go through things and you say, God, looks like the devil. No, it is not the devil. Come on. God, the devil has no power. The Bible says he has no power. He he shows wolf pickets. He acts like he's got some power. He roars. The Bible says he roars like a lion. But he has no power. But at that point, Jesus had to look up and say, Father, why? Why am I losing my car? Why are you losing my friends? Why are you losing this, that, and the other? Why is I'm doing the best I can? I'm living all I can. I'm praying all I can. I'm trying to live right. God, if I, I make mistakes, you fall short, and I'm not using an excuse. But that of all things, I only lived 33 years, and only now, at this moment, at this millisecond, that the Holy Spirit and God, they, they turned away because they could not see the stench of death. They could not see Jesus dying on a cross. They could not see the people around him that had taken his clothes and his garments and began to gamble from his precious uh, 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 robe. He did not want to see the degradation of the earth like we have to now. That's why we have homosexuals running rampant. That's why why you see 
all things going wrong. That's why you can see the atmosphere changing. We don't know whether it's day or not. We don't know whether it's sunny or rainy. We don't know uh, because we know we don't. All we know that God is in control. God is sovereign. For that that kind of sovereignness, God Himself and the Holy Spirit turned away from Jesus, and He said, "Father, Abba, Father, Abba, you help me to understand. I don't know." I know, I know I was born to die, God. Ah, God, but I thank you I don't understand. Because of the sin nature that Jesus had to go through for us to have access to the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Over eight again. Says, but what saith it? The word is not to thee, even in uh, the mouth. So the word is near you, and the, the word is supposed to be in your heart. In your heart, the word of God ought to be in your heart. The word, it says the word ought to be in your heart. Your heart is that place of spiritual emotions. So we have to understand, when we're talking biblically, there's the outer man, the flesh, the inner man, when a deal with your love, your hate, a disdain, and that part of you that connects with God. And Paul now is talking about your heart, your feelings, your emotions, the heart. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, but what saith it that the word is now to thee? So the word hears thee, even thy mouth. So the word is in your mouth or near your mouth and in thy heart. So the word ought to be in your mouth. The word ought to be in your heart. That is the word of faith. What word we're talking about? The word of faith. I have to have faith. The faith of a mustard seed if need be. But we got to have faith and we ought to have the word of God in our hearts near us. The word of faith which we preach so Paul says, this, this is what we preach. We preach faith. We preach love. We preach a heart, a good heart. Amen. Verse 9. That if thy shalt confess. Ah, now we get into the meat of, meat of the program here. Paul's saying, this is the word. This is the faith. And this is what I preach. I preach all over the town that I'm preaching this. That if thy shall confess with thy mouth. So if you confess it with your mouth, if you confess faith by with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ, thou believest in him. So do you believe in God? Do you believe in his heart? 
by faith that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So he's talking to the Jews as well as the Gentiles. So that no matter what you're going through, no matter what Christ was going through on the cross, that God allowed him and the Holy Spirit to turn their backs from him so they could feel the stench of death. They could feel the death of, of disappointment. He died, he died, he died on a cross. Amen. And so this is the same thing we preach by faith, that if thou shalt confess with what? Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in your heart. So I have to believe in your heart, and I believe you have to speak it with your mouth, okay? The heart that God has been raised from the dead. I want you to know that I want you to confess it, that Jesus himself has been raised from the dead. Okay, that you shall confess that. Now verse 10. For with the heart, with the heart, with the spirit, the connection with God, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. So the only way you can believe unto righteousness, we must believe in our heart, not in our flesh, in our thoughts, not in our dreams, but we have confessed it with our heart. By faith that Jesus died on a cross for us, and we must confess it with our mouth. Sometimes people say, oh, don't take all that and look. I don't know why I got to say out loud. I don't know what I'm thinking. No, it don't take. No, this is what the Bible says. He said that you must confess with your heart and believe it unto righteousness. And with your mouth, confess it. You must confess it and made unto salvation. So you must confess and believe in your heart. Nobody can confess salvation for you. You are confessed in your heart and your spirit by faith. That, that's why a lot of times I don't, I don't prefer the people say, oh, come on now, I want you to repeat after me. Well, then if I keep telling you to repeat after me, if I'm not re confessing with my heart. I'm just repeating what you say. I'm not confessing with my, with my, with my heart. I'm confessing what you told me to say out the book. But you have to teach people that when you're leading people to Christ, always remember where the scripture is in the Romans. Okay? That you shall confess with your heart and believe in, okay, that uh, then, it says, then thou shalt be saved. So mark this in your Bible. So when you meet people, this is where you go when you want to lead them in the sinner's in the, in, in the prayer. Not telling me to repeat after you and this, that, and other, because all they're doing is repeating what you say. But if you believe in your heart, okay, and you confess in your heart, and that's the only way you can have access 
to God's righteousness. Amen. 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 All right. Let's go ahead and read um, um, 12. One more verse. For there is no difference between the Jews and the Greeks. For the same Lord is over all, rich unto all, all upon him. So there's a difference between the Greek and the Gentile. There's a difference between the Spanish and the Black. There's a difference between the the the, the, the Asians and 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 the Africans. There's no difference between them as long we're all long as we're all confess, uh, confessing salvation. As all as long as we all have access to Christ, as long we have access to know that Jesus Christ died on a cross for us. Now, right now today, I know when I lived in South Florida. There's some Jews, they call them the acidic Jews. Those are the ones that you walk around a lot of times in Miami Beach and certain areas with the long, the black hats and the long hair and the, they do a lot of bowing and stuff like that. Now, there are the ones that are more like the traditional Jews. They don't, they believe that Jesus was a preacher, but they do not believe that Jesus is Lord Jesus Christ. Not all of them. But I'm telling you, there's a difference. But there is no difference according to this scripture right here. In Romans 10, God says, there ain't no difference between the Jew and Gentile. There's no difference between the black and the white. There's a difference between the African and African American. There's no difference between the, the Canadian and the, and the British people. There's no difference between the Gentiles. And, the, and there's no difference as long as we're all in one Christ. One redeemer, one hope, one dream that we will come into the kingdom of God when we do what Christ has called us to do according to his word. Not according to man's word, not according to a preacher's word. Not the, no, go to the word itself. And, and, and I'm not knocking anybody, I'm not going to preach it. But the problem is this, that some people, some ministers, some preachers, are not preaching the whole loaf. The word says we must leaven the whole loaf. We must have access to the whole loaf. We must access the whole gospel. We have access to everything. I can't preach to you one thing that I like and the other thing I don't like because then I would have respect of word, respect of DNA, respect of doing what I want you to do, but not what I want the word says to but there's no difference between them and us. As long as all of us accept that we accept the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in our lives, ask for remission of our sins, and go ahead and, and ask for God to sanctify, cleanse. That word sanctify means ask God to clean you, not from the outside but clean you from the inside. Because if I clean you from the inside, my changing, the way I dress changes. When I cleanse you from the inside, my mouth, my words change. When I cleanse you from the inside, 
I can't do the things that I used to do. When I cleanse you from the inside, I can't say what I used to say. When I cleanse you, when I do so, the Holy Spirit makes me feel really bad about what I said, what I did, what I do, what I think, what I want. Because the inside me, the inside of me is cleansing me so that you change your change your attitude on the inside like Paul. On the outside, Paul, when he was not Paul, but he was Saul, he was vicious and mean and killed folk, children, babies, did all kinds of things on purpose. But when the inside, the spiritual side of his change had been touched by God, Paul no longer did the things that he used to do. So when God gives us an inside job, it's like when you go to the car wash. When you go to the car wash and the guy says, ma'am, what do you want? Um, what do you want done today? Do you want me just to, you want to wash the, the end, the outside, or you just want me to wash the inside and the outside? Uh, sometimes the people say, okay, you know what? I'm going to hurry, just wash the outside, um, so I can get the dirt off of it and, um, uh, and stuff like that. And then some people come say, oh, ma'am, I want the outside, inside done. Go ahead and do the formats, um, um, I'll do the headers, uh, make sure you just do everything, um, and how much it's going to cost me. Okay, so it's the same attitude with the gospel. When we give our lives to Christ totally, a total redemption, or oh, I like that word, when we have a total redemption on the outside and the inside, then we take on a new nature in everything. No, we are not perfect. Nobody's perfect. It says, but that which is perfect, which is Christ. So that when I go into my word, even when I sin and fall short, I go back into my word and I meditate on that word and I ask God to forgive me. I ask God to cleanse me. God, help me to walk like you want me to walk. God, help me to talk like you want me to talk. And God, when you don't want me to talk, tell me to shut up because I want to hear from you myself. I, I, because now I built that kind of relationship that I can hear you clearly when I'm quiet. Have you noticed early in the morning you can hear the birds chirping? You can hear the stillness of God when it's real quiet and still. And all of a sudden dawning comes and you hear the birds begin to chirp at the dawning of a new day. Well, here we are. When we give our lives to Christ, we step into the realm of the spirit and we walk into a new nature and a new spirit of God. And this was happening in Romans 10. That I am taking on a new attitude, new walk, new talk with God. When I confess with my mouth uh, and believe in my heart, by faith, because nothing happens by faith, but by faith, I am a new created being. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. God, we thank you for the 19 countries that we are broadcasting now around the world.
We thank you, Father, for over 27 states now in the United States of America. We thank you now for the, the, the way that you've given us favor. We thank you. But God, we don't do this by form or fashion. We don't do this for offering. We thank you, God, because we believe that we're storing up a crown in heaven for you. God, save and deliver those that want to be saved and delivered under the sound of my voice. God, save. God, save. Salvation means Greek word, soterio. Save and deliver by faith those that wish to be saved right now in the name of Jesus. God, give them a new walk, a new thought. God, give them a new attitude towards you. We thank you now, God, by faith. The world's are faint. And we call on the same faith that spoke the world into existence, that we speak now by faith that our lives are changed that we are a new creatures, new creation in the word of God. God delivered, saved by the Holy Ghost. God washes and cleanses us. And God those that are now taking on a new lifestyle in you. God cover them under the blood of Jesus. God cover them, hallelujah, self cover them because we know the enemy of Messiah. The enemy is trying to come after them, but I rebuke that spirit according to the word of God because your word says so. Hallelujah. That we will no longer, they will no longer walk in darkness, but we are now walking in the new revelatory light of your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody under the sound of my voice that we will hear it or can hear it. Take this word. Say this message back again, that they might want to be saved too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. I thank you, Father, for the word. I thank you for the word tonight. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you, God, that we're walking in a new uh, place in God now. I thank you, God, because you allowed me to take this path one day. And it wasn't always easy, but I know it was always right. And it will not always be easy. Because, God, we know that there went the principalities and powers and rulers of narcissists, and they're out to take us down. But I speak and I prophesy to the wind of God. I, provide, I speak to the wind of God. Ah, God, Satan will rebuke you now. By the blood of Jesus by the will of Jesus, every demonic force die. Now, I, tell, I command you to go back to the pit of hell. I say, Satan, rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, God, by the exalted power of God. Thank you, Jesus. And we tell you, God, Amen and amen. Amen. So we thank you. Uh, we release the word to you tonight. Amen. Um, we have, um, we can call back um, uh, the leader tonight.
she wants to say anything. Um, I don't know if we have anybody on tonight that are asking for prayer, but if not, that's fine, too. I know I've delivered the words that God told me to do. Go ahead, Ms. Amen. 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 We have anyone here, but we do have people that are watching um, on tonight. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Uh, we'll, we'll find out about the dialogue. Amen. 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 Let me let me let me interject. Amen. Thank you um, for y'all being on the line. I thank you for the listening for the word of God. And amen. This is about a love message. This is a love a love message to Christ. A love message. That I must, I must be saved. That's something to say, what must I do? You now need to be saved. Why? Look around you. Look in the atmosphere. Look at, watch the news. Look at the, the atmosphere. Look at the weather changes. Look at the weather patterns. Look at the, at, at, at folks are, uh, dying left and right. Look at, look at the tragedy that happened, um, a, a while ago, um, a couple of days ago, that guy went in there and shot, uh, almost all the people that he worked with. Uh, death, we don't know where death is going to be, but we know when death comes, we want the Holy Ghost to be there, to take us in a place, in a realm with him. So I prophesy to the wind of you that those that are listening by my voice now, reach into the realm of the Spirit of God. Reach into the heart of God. Not the radio, but look in. Look inwardly. For God. And say, God, what must I do to be saved? And if I'm already saved, God, or if I'm backslidden, God, take me back to my first love. Charles sent to the book of Revelation. And he went to the church. He said, uh, what must I do to be saved again? I was saved before. But some kind of way, I got out of touch with God. I got in place with God. I got out of the space of God. But what must I do to be saved again if I am lost? But tomorrow is not promised. You can get off the line tonight and drop dead. You can go to the store and be shot in the middle of a, a, a robbery. Tomorrow is not promised according to the word of God. But what must we do to be saved? Go ahead. Alpha. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise God. Amen. Um, I want, um, go ahead. Uh, you want to pray us out? Amen. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you on tonight. We thank you for using this moment of God on tonight. We thank you for saturating this fear. Father, as we pray, O oh God, over the nations that are being affected through the pandemic, that is being affected right now, we pray that the release of this word begin to land on them. My God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. For the opportunity that you have given us, that your justice is going to be used by you. About as we pray for our prophetess laying on tonight, God just strengthen her, oh God, as your, amen, your powerful mouthpiece that you have sent to her on this assignment. And Father, we thank you, oh God, as you begin to rest easy on tonight. 
We command and we speak every virtue to flow back into her in this season right now. Father, that she will continue running for the Lord. And we thank you for your precious love on tonight. We thank you for giving us an opportunity to be saved. We thank you for the opportunity for allowing us to be rescued. We also thank you for the opportunity for being delivered and out of the hands of the evil one. We thank you, God, for the opportunity, God, because you created a way of escape. And we thank you on tonight. And, Father, we ask you, God, as we close out tonight, send your traveling mercy and your angels on tonight. In the name of Jesus, we declare the quick that it is so on tonight. May the sisters and the Holy Spirit continue the rest of your life in this kingdom forevermore until we meet again on next time on the Mansour Prayer. God bless you. God bless you, saints. We'll see you next Thursday night. God bless you.